football podcast by some guy you don't know, where real fans come to get real takes on the game they love. We cover NFL, CFL, and NCAA football, and my slip in a little bit of hockey. Let's get after it. Welcome back to another football podcast by some guy you don't know. I'm that some guy you don't know. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, send in your emails with questions, comments, concerns. You just want to tell me I'm a dick. Uh, you can send them into a football podcast by some guy at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at FBPod by some guy. Um, you know, this is going to be a little bit fun episode. It's that time of the year where every team now has a chance. I mean, um, you know, free agency is about to kick off. The draft's about to kick off. But the best way to kick off a podcast is this. I just want to point out that this podcast is brought to you by uh, Thrillbilly Productions. Uh, Thrillbilly Productions, where the fans believe and the shirts don't have sleeves. A lot going on today. Uh, today's the, the deadline for the franchise tag for... NFL rosters. Um, I'm going to get into a little bit of that later because there's a couple signings I want to get to first, but I'm recording this at 2 o'clock. Uh, a key franchise tag was just laid down, so I'm going to get to that too. And there was one that was actually uh, rejected, or not rejected, uh, never even proposed. They're going to allow a guy to go free agency route. So, um, speaking of letting guys go, I guess the first thing was uh, the J.J. Watt signing. Um, Arizona has signed him for $31 million over the next two years with $23 million guaranteed. Now, I think he was very smart about how he went about his business here. Uh, J.J. didn't actually put himself out in the market and just sit there. I think he realized that if he did that, he was going to have to compete with a lot of talent. So he just kind of basically ran right out, found a contract, got an offer, and took it. And I think that was actually the way to go. Hanging out in free agency this year, uh, I don't think there was going to be a lot of money going around for some older players. So he got out there ahead of it. And I think him going to Arizona is a great fit. Um, he has been bashed a little bit for saying he wanted to go to a contender and there's a lot of people who don't think that Arizona is a contender but I mean look at the team they're, they're built to win now they got a young quarterback they want to do that get that win before he becomes an overpaid quarterback and they have to lose pieces I think Kyler Murray does have the skill set to do it because he is one of those quarterbacks who runs around maybe a little too much, but he also has the ability to throw long bombs. So I think that's going to actually be quite beneficial to Arizona going forward. Um, now, I think him signing with the Cardinals, J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals was good for both sides because people say that he is the best at his position now I would argue that 
Uh, he's an aging player, and he's kind of an amoeba on defense. Like, sometimes you'll throw him on the line. Sometimes you'll throw him as a linebacker. Um, so I wouldn't say he's the best at his position, because if someone's the best at their position, you wouldn't be doing that. I think injury is probably the biggest concern that they're going to face in this. Um, out of the his 10 seasons of play, three, he hasn't even made it to 10 games. Um, I also think he's kind of on the wrong side of 30 to be, uh, to be considered one of those players who can bounce back quickly from injuries. I know he's had a lot of very serious injuries in his career, but... I don't think that he is that guy anymore just to bounce back. But if he does stay healthy, um, I would argue that the the Cardinals have the best pass rush in NFL. Uh, between J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, I think they're going to really benefit for having Watt on the team. And it might actually benefit him, too, because they might be trying to cover Chandler Jones more than they cover J.J. So it'll get him open a little bit more. Um, either that or it's just going to benefit Chandler Jones, and Chandler Jones is going to go off. You can argue, too, that the Arizona defense might be one of the best in the league now, it's going to be really, really tough to play against with Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, J.J. Watt, and Buda Baker. It's it's going to be a serious team. I like that defense. Um, maybe it'll be what they need to get over the hump and send them into deep in playoff runs. Because I know in the... Um, the NFC West, there's a lot of tough competition. I mean, you got Matthew Stafford now in for the LA Rams. Uh, it's kind of up in the air who's going to be the quarterback for the 49ers. I see Jimmy G going to New England, like I said before. But it's going to be one of those situations where you have to have a defense in there because if you're playing against Russell Wilson, if he stays in Seattle... You have to have a solid, solid pass rush, and I think that's what they're trying to build is a solid pass rush while these players are still there. Now, I know I have complained about Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson complaining and wanting to get out of their contracts. Um, I think J.J. Watt did it right. Uh, he came out publicly and said, I want to be traded once. Um, you know, he's a solid player just like Deshaun and Russell Wilson. But he just did it the right way. He kept it in-house. And he has put together a career where he deserves to be let go when he requests it. Um, it is difficult because that is a contract. And contracts are binding. But Houston realized that he was on the wrong side of 30 for the rebuild and I think they let him go pursue a Super Bowl championship but he kept all the business in-house which is something I really like I will I don't fault a player for wanting out of a bad situation but you got to do it the right way and that does bring me into the whining QBs 
Um, I think Deshaun Watson has to learn from this and realize that he doesn't have the career yet to bitch and complain about it. Like, Deshaun's a good QB. Not going to say he isn't. But a lot of his issues have been caused by him. Like, he signed an extension and restructure in 2020. There is very little difference between ownership now and then. Uh, you know, he... and. He was on record saying he wasn't happy with the organization well before all of this happened. Um, when they Nick signed Nick Cicero, it seemed to help him a little bit, but not really enough to make it completely go away. But the point is he signed a contract. And this may sound a little bit rough, but I think most of his problems is because he is in the millennial category. Much like myself, he's kind of, I'm kind of the same age as the guy. I think he's one of the guys from my generation who doesn't realize that you have to live with the consequences of the contract you signed. I think that's most of the problem. Like People aren't accountable anymore. What's the point of a contract if you can just walk right out of it when you haven't earned it? You know, um, I think Houston looks at him and really wants to retain him because he's he's young enough that he can be part of a rebuild and set up for the future so it's a successful organization. But he is going to kick and scream the entire way if you do that. I don't get the point of the contract if you can just walk right out of it. Because there's a lot of arguments. People are saying, well, he shouldn't have to work there. If you don't want to work somewhere, you know, you, you just leave. And I don't believe in that. Because, like, you know, a lot of the argument is that a McDonald's employee can quit whenever they want. And, yeah, that's true. But a McDonald's player doesn't get drafted to that McDonald's. A McDonald's employee doesn't hire representation to make sure they know what is going to happen throughout the whole process. They know what they're doing when they declare for the NFL draft. They understand it's a business. And... At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson signed a time-specific contract where he knew what the details were. And now he's kicking and screaming and trying to get out. But the point is, he signed on the dotted line. And I've taken a lot of shit on social media for saying he's asked a few times. Uh, everyone's like, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Well, yes, he has. On January 28th, he officially asked for a trade. On the 23rd, when they hired a new coach, he reportedly asked again there. And he's doing little things to not help himself either. That's... I think that's the reason why I'm more okay with J.J. Watt getting out of it or Russell Wilson getting out of his than 
Deshaun leaving. Um, you know, and it's not that he's going to be let out of the contract. He's just going to be traded. So I understand that the contract is probably quite lucrative to him, and he probably really likes the structure of that contract. But he's looking for the trade. But he's done a lot of bonehead things. Like, he'll, he liked a link on Instagram posting saying that he was going to go to the Jets. Come on, man. Give your head a shake. Early January, during while the season was still on, he was seen wearing a Falcons jacket. And um, even in January, when the team tried to phone him several times, he just refused to answer the phone. You know... Not answering calls is like acting like a five-year-old. Like, he needs to grow up. Handle your business like a man. Like, I get it that he doesn't want to be there. And it's going to be really shitty for him to have to stay. But he restructured a deal when he knew how bad it was. That problem's on him, not the organization. I don't understand these guys who just want out of contracts, too. Like... I guess that's the one downside to J.J. Watt. Like, that's not realistic. What's the point of having a contract if you're just going to be able to walk out of it? Like, if I went to the bank and I agreed to pay, get a loan and pay them back, and then I just decide halfway through, no, I don't want to do that. Do you think the bank is going to let me out of that deal? No, they're going to say, we have a written contract. You must follow through. Now, Russell Wilson's pulling the same game, but he, like I said, he gets a little bit more rope. He's proven to be a great quarterback. He's he's proven that he gets the results. He's won a Super Bowl, and he's put up the numbers. Now, he's more recently says he wants out of the organization. He wants a trade. Um... And I think it's actually quite stupid of him to do that. Like, the main reason he's all upset is he doesn't get to choose who the offensive coordinator is. And I've had this topic on past episodes, but you don't get to choose that. You are an employee of the Seattle Seahawks. Let's not get that twisted. This is a business. I know everyone wants the raw, raw, we're here to win Super Bowls and games. No, it's a business. Sorry. Um, You just can't let players decide this. Because if, if they start taking this kind of control and can just move around, like, what's the point of contracts? Um, I think he's... I think he's actually quite foolish for wanting to leave because he thinks he's a better coach than uh, Pete Carroll at this point, I would assume. Um, You know, I think it's the organization and the head coach's job to pick who they're going to hire as an offensive coordinator. Like, Russell Wilson is not a better football mind than Pete Carroll. I'm sorry. In my opinion, Pete Carroll's one of the greatest coaches of all time. 
you know, some guys can coach at the college level, but not at the NFL level. Some guys can coach at the NFL level, but not at the college level. Pete Carroll can do both successfully. And he's turned chicken shit into chicken salad a couple times with teams. Russell Wilson does not get a say because he is an employee of the Seattle Seahawks. It's like giving the kid at Burger King working the cash register the opportunity to pick the new outside manager hire. He's just going to pick his lazy stoner friend who's just going to give him the best shifts he can have. Let him take off as much time as he wants and just run it how he wants. That is essentially what Russell William Russell Williams Russell Wilson is looking to do. And you're not running a Burger King franchise. You're talking about billions of dollars that they're dealing with. Russell Wilson has earned the option of wanting out though. Um He's played enough. He hasn't complained at every turn like Deshaun Watson has. And I think it's actually more cost-effective for the Seahawks to trade him at this point. Um, it's not going to be the fans' favorite move, but he is, this is a potential opt-out year next year for his contract. So you might as well get something out of him. If he's that disgruntled with the organization, he's not going to stay. So you might as well trade and get a couple picks for him or a couple prospects, you know, and build your team going forward. And I think Pete Carroll's smart enough to talk to the general manager there. And I think by the end of the season, Russell Wilson is moved. I think we're going to keep on the quarterback wagon here uh, a couple key signings um, and to be honest at first I thought I didn't like either but then I just decided I only didn't like one of them uh, so the signing I don't like is Big Ben is going back to the Steelers and I don't think this does anything but put the Steelers back another two years they don't have the draft capital to go up and get a quarterback. They don't have anyone else on their roster who they think could do it. Like they, Obviously, they don't trust uh, Dwayne Haskins. He's clearly not the guy they have in mind. He's not going to get the chances he needs either, which I think is kind of a shitty way of doing business, but it's what it is. Um, obviously Mason Rudolph isn't the guy and he never was I just think it's a bad look because last season Big Ben's arm looked bad like he couldn't push the ball down the field I mean he still has the arm strength I'm not going to pretend that I'm a quarterback's uh, mechanics guru but just he didn't pass the watch test like I sat there and I watched a couple games and he just didn't look good now granted his team did drop a lot of catchable balls probably because that receiver core was too busy playing Corvette Corvette like a bunch of bored teenage girls but you know I think time has passed him I think 
you know, all of his counterparts that he came to the league with have retired. And you don't you don't want to see someone who's had such a good career like Big Ben coming out there and just seeing a mercy killing by defenses, you know, like you almost you want to see him walk out on two feet, not crawl out on his knees. I think the Steelers' only hope this year is actually uh, if Kyle Trask or Mac Jones falls to them in the draft, or they could be smart and you know draft like a Sam Ellinger in the late rounds. That might be the route to go. So now the signing that I really didn't think I liked, but in the end I did end up liking, was the Dak Prescott deal. Um, he signed a four-year, $164 million contract. And I thought to myself, I think he's, I don't think he's worth that much. I mean, the only things he's really accomplished are he went to a Pro Bowl, but that year that he went to a Pro Bowl, the Cowboys' offense was 32nd in passing yards. Um, he throws an amazing ball. I'm not going to deny that. You know, and he has a great completion percentage. That is a stat that I think is amazingly important. I think I everyone talks about it, but I still think it is underrated as a grading tool. Now, at first I thought he was eating up a lot of money and that it was only going to make the team worse and they have other needs and they've got, you know, a below average fat $13 million running back. But when I actually looked at how it was structured, um, they're actually going to be saving $15 million or so on the cap. So that's actually quite beneficial. Um, He's a good player, and he doesn't deserve to be franchise tagged the way he has. And I thought it was going to impede the team, so I'm actually kind of on board for this contract now. Like, he's really worth keeping, but I didn't think he was worth that much money. But I think this is really going to start to affect other teams, because you're going to have a team like uh, Baltimore who's looking to re-sign Lamar Jackson. And Baltimore's going to really struggle to have the money for this, because... If Dak's getting $164 million, what is Lamar going to get? He's going to get big money. Now, I don't think he deserves that big money, but he's going to go get it. And shit, you can't blame the guy for that. <coughs> uh, I guess we're going to get into the franchise tags. Um, just before I started recording... I found out that Allen Robinson has been given a franchise tag by the Chicago Bears. That takes out one of the top prospects of free agency, but this was a smart move by the Bears. They got to keep something there. I know the fan base isn't happy with Foles and Trubisky. And there's a lot of talk that the fans want to go out and get Deshaun Watson. Well, you need someone to catch the ball there for him. And I think this is just a good stopgap until you can 
actually sign into a long-term deal that you both can agree to. Also earlier today, uh, Chris Godwin received a franchise tag. Uh, Tampa Bay going out, making the move, because I guess Brady's playing again, so we're, we got to have someone catch the ball for him. I mean, it's a much better situation down there with their receiving core because you have, you have Evans, uh, potentially have A.B., Gronk, you know, it, good ball-catching players like Leonard Fournette still there. So these contracts or franchise tags are reportedly worth $16.4 million for the receivers. And you know what? You can't argue with that. That's good money. Um, I know they probably want longer-term deals, and I can't see them not getting them. I think, I think it's just a matter of probably structure of wording in those contracts keeping this from happening. Um, also, the deadline is one hour probably after I'm done recording. And one of the bigger surprises of the franchise tag day was that Kenny Galladay, receiver for the Detroit Lions, is actually going to test free agency. They did not give him a franchise tag. I guess they can't justify $16.4 million on a player who was injured for most of last year. Just completely screwed me in fantasy football, but whatever. Uh, holding that against them um you know what i don't see him staying in detroit i see him leaving <sighs> detroit's such a wasteland right now like you got jared goff as your quarterback the only thing i can see them doing is actually moving up and picking up the future at that point but i don't see kenny galladay staying around for the rebuild Two trades actually happened today too. Um, the one that's more interesting to me is Isaiah Wilson was his time in Tennessee's up. Uh, he had a lot of off the field problems, you know, being caught at parties um, during COVID. Uh, he's got a DUI, you know, but you know these things can be overlooked even though you know a DUI shouldn't be but these things can be overlooked if you're playing great and he wasn't uh his off the field problems equated to him only getting four snaps of NFL football in his rookie season so he was traded to Miami for Miami 7th and Tennessee sorry Miami receives Isaiah Wilson in a 7th and Miami receives a seventh. So, like, that clearly just means that Tennessee was done with him. They didn't want anything to do with him because he's a former first-round pick just last year, 2020. So if he can mature and get straightened out by the Dolphins organization, he's going to be a hell of a player because the Dolphins really need to reinforce these offensive lines. And... The Dolphins, one of their breakout stars, Solomon Kinley, actually played with them at Georgia for their final year. So, you know what's really bad when you trade a first-round pick one year later for a seventh and you have to give up a seventh? 
few hours later, keeping up with the Joneses, I suppose, um, the Patriots traded a fifth and a seventh for, or a fifth for Trent Brown and a seventh. Now, the key to this was um, they uh, they had to restructure the one year left on the deal, reportedly worth eleven million dollars. Uh, you know, Trent played for them, the Patriots, in 2018 during their last Super Bowl run. Like, he was a hell of a lineman, and I think the Patriots probably will fix him. Going back to trades and asking for trades, um, there's another one I struggle with, and it really sucks because he's my favorite lineman in the league, probably. You know, teams that are looking for a left tackle should kick the tires on Zeus. Uh, you know, he's a hell of a lineman. Orlando Brown, like, he's one of my favorite linemen in the league, and it kind of sucks that he's asking for this trade after I bagged on those two quarterbacks for it, but he only wants to play left tackle. So it, I think a team looking for a left tackle should kick the tires on it. He's a good young quarter or quarterback good young lineman and i think any team who has him is really going to benefit from it another thing i read was there's a stupid rule for overtime that the ravens are proposing so apparently the ravens want it to be pick the spot um in overtime so one team wins a coin toss gets to select whether they receive or kick and the other team or if they sorry if they get first chance or they're going to defend first and the other team gets to pick the spot on the field where the drive begins and they say it's going to make it more exciting and make it more difficult choices but i think that's just total garbage I think they need to go back to just a 15-minute quarter for overtime. And if one team scores 21 points, well, so be it. They won the game. But I think they need to play a full 15-minute overtime. Um, now, you can't do any more than a 15-minute overtime. So if you go any past that, it's just a tie game. It's what it is. It's a contact sport. They can't really be putting in that amount of time for one game. Now, a lot of people go, well, hockey players can. Yeah, but those people are just thinking about quarterbacks. Like, this is actually a rule for the linemen where you hit someone on every play. You can't possibly keep up with that all season. Say you go to overtime two or three times and it goes into double overtime. You've played extra games that your body... Is going to be run down for. And like. The the current system has to be overhauled. Because. A Super Bowl came down to a coin flip. You know it was the. Infamous New England over Atlanta. Famous 28 to 3 lead. Game. Like people were celebrating. Like they won the Super Bowl. On the coin flip of overtime. 
because it cost the game. Just stupid, if you ask me. Alright, I decided I'm going to do a way too early uh, CFL Power Rankings edition. Um, now, I didn't cover every, write something about every team. I just kind of came up with a few thoughts about certain individual fan bases here. So, I think the number one seed has to be the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, they were just such a strong team and they really didn't have to do anything. Uh, Dane Evans quarterback, you got Luke Tasker. Uh, they did have a few defensive players retire, but I think at the end of the day, they had players just ready to step up anyways. So I think that they have to be the clear cut number one, even though they weren't the last team to win. But I think this year they're going to the Grey cup. Uh, the Grey Cup champions are actually number two. Uh, the defending Grey Cup champions. Um, their GM, Kyle Walters, convinced a lot of players to restructure. Um, I listened to a podcast called The Waggle. It was actually very informative. He had went through where he was asking, you know, video techs to take pay cuts and how bad he felt about having to do it, but he said all in all the team really bought in and and went for it so i think that's just good for winnipeg football so i think i think one and two could be reversed i think hamilton's just slightly better with the pieces they have um winnipeg as andrew harris i do like that but i think all in all hamilton's one winnipeg's two uh calgary comes in at three they they had to decline over time. They lost a lot of pieces. Like Rogers ended up in Toronto. Or sorry, his playing rights ended up in Toronto. Um, Bo Levi Mitchell's back. That's good. Uh, they got a Canadian quarterback in Connor. Uh, he's going to probably get some time at backup. I think that's why he was brought into Calgary, which is great for Canadian play, great for the ratios. Number four, and this is a little bit controversial. A lot of people have Toronto Argonauts way higher, but I can't put them up there. Their signings actually made them really competitive. And I really liked the Cameron Judge signing. Like, he's a very versatile linebacker, nickelback kind of combo. He can drop into coverage. He can rush to the backfield. Um... The number one thing is, though, he's Canadian. So that's really great for the ratios. Um, people who don't know or watch the CFL. Uh, in the CFL, there's a ratio. You have to maintain a certain number of Canadian players on the field at every time. Um, I know the rosters have to be comprised 50-50. I can't remember, for whatever reason, I'm really blanking on what the ratio is. I think... I think it's something, I think it's five, but maybe six of players on the field. Um, six shouldn't confuse you because there is 12 players on the field in the Canadian game, in case you don't know much about it. I want to do, once the 
CFL comes back, I'm going to do a whole episode devoted just to CFL. But I think Toronto really, really did help themselves with that signing. Um, I did put them lower, though, because of quarterback play and wide receiver play. So they own the rights to Rodgers. And then they signed Martavius Bryant out of the NFL. They signed Kendall Wright out of the NFL and signed Jeremy Davis out of the NFL. Now it's going to take some time for them to acclimate to the Canadian game because it's a completely different game, you know, uh, running starts and everything. It's just going to take them time to get focused in on how the game is played. And there's not a huge history of NFL players coming to the CFL and being totally dominating. So, you know, out of the top four quarterbacks in the preseason depth chart, Devarius Daniels is the only one returning. Um, and when it comes to quarterback play, you know, they're putting a lot of faith in John Arbuckle. Uh, he's only completed 191 passes in the league for 2,247 yards. I think we need to pump the brakes that he's going to be one of the top players in the league. He's not the savior yet. There's a lot of hype. And as a society, we love to hype up the greatest of all times as soon as we possibly can. But I think we just need to pump the brakes on that just a little bit. And uh, actually, as I'm recording this, talking about franchise tags, the Jaguars placed the franchise tag on tackle Cam Robinson. <laughs> another uh, another top prospect off the board. Um, all right, so where were we? We were at number four. Uh, number five and six are... Saskatchewan followed by Edmonton um, you know they're just kind of where they are it's what it is I just don't have a lot of faith in those fan bases right now um, Fajardo as a quarterback not a huge fan of Trevor Harris has been a journeyman his entire career I know the CFL is kind of a journeyman area but I don't think they did anything to really set themselves apart. Now, the interesting one is at seven, Montreal. Um, I think they'll jump dramatically down the list if they don't re-sign Enoch Mwamba. Um, You know, there's a lot of comparisons saying he should be an NFL talent, blah, 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 blah. I don't quite think he should be, but he is a great, CFL talent and he he's done this before where he kind of goes out off on his own he wants to meet with other teams but ultimately he re-signs in Montreal and I think they're going to be okay I think they're with Vernon Davis Jr. quarterback they're going to be pretty good um, now it came down to BC and Ottawa for last place on this power rankings for me and I strictly just went to quarterback and Matt Nichols is a good quarterback but I'm gonna always um, bet on Mike Riley 
he's the one to keep that BC Lions team kind of going right now. Um, it's going to be a fun season, though, and I'm predicting there will be a CFL season. If not, I'm going to go kick uh, Randy and Brosie's ass. And, yeah, it's just power rankings. So we go 1 Hamilton, 2 Winnipeg, 3 Calgary, 4 Toronto, 5 Saskatchewan, 6 Edmonton, 7 Montreal, 8 BC, and number 9 Ottawa. Now, a little bit of sad news. Um, the CFL this week lost uh, Chris Schultz. Um, you know, he played for three years for the Dallas Cowboys. And then the good old Burlington boy came home to Toronto area where he played for the Toronto Argonauts for another eight seasons. Uh, it was very unexpected, his passing. And, you know, I grew up watching him on TSN because he was the CFL and NFL insider. And by all accounts, he was a great human and a great broadcaster. Uh, you know, CFL football in Canada is really going to miss him. And, uh, you know, I send my condolences to his family. So thanks for listening to another football podcast by some guy you don't know. Make sure you rate and subscribe the podcast. I can't stress how important that is. Make sure you reach out by email. Uh, there's also the Twitter. And uh, let's, have a, let's have a good week. And free agency is coming up in the NFL. Hopefully a CFL season's around the corner and uh, we can crack a few cold ones and have a good listen to the podcast. So uh, thanks for listening and cheers. Thank you for listening to another football podcast by Some Guy You Don't Know. I'm that Some Guy You Don't Know, Taylor Price. All statistics are courtesy of Football DB. Pro Football Reference and NFL.com. This show has been brought to you by Thrillbilly Productions, where the fans believe and the shirts don't have sleeves. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Cheers.